This is the Little Moments Count radio podcast, created in partnership with community radio stations throughout Minnesota. Each episode, you'll hear interviews with early childhood experts on how to support the important brain development that takes place in the first 1,000 days of life, just through Little Moments every day. Learn more at littlemomentscount.org slash podcast. Good day to be indigenous. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, we discuss local, national, native news and events. And as you know, Haley, native issues are human issues and human issues are native issues. You are right, Dega. This portion of the show is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count. Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focused on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development in the first three years of life. Well, you know, that's a coincidence. We have uh, Barb on, and Barb's one of our all-time great uh, guests here. And I just want to introduce Barb uh, Fabre is the CEO of Indigenous Visioning and All Nations Rise. She's an enrolled member of White Earth uh, Ojibwe Nation, and Barb has been a lifelong child advocate, and we always have fun and learn so much when Barb comes on. Welcome, as always, to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Bonjour. Happy to be here, as always. You know, we always talk about like really interesting things about our uh, our our relatives out there, and and it's really cool how you work with kids, uh, children, parents. Um, you know, we we have a a, a lot of fun, and we want to talk a little bit tonight about tribal blueprint, um, and and I would really love to hear what tribal blueprint is. Sure. So it's been a long process and <clears throat> project between uh, the Bipartisan Policy Center um, and Indigenous Visioning. And we've been uh, talking about childcare for years. Um, the Bipartisan Policy Center is out of Washington, DC and Linda Smith's been on here with me before. And she and I, um, and Rob Grunewald also helped us. But it's uh, the Invisible Children, Invisible Families, a blueprint for supporting the childcare needs of American Indian and Alaska Native families is a result of several years spent examining the childcare and early learning needs of our tribal communities, researching and understanding to which extent current level fundings, uh, funding that goes out to tribes um, is definitely not enough. And the more we looked, uh, the more we found. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what you find found in, in the insights uh, with this two years of research? Sure. Um, the three takeaways and um, recommendations is strengthening communication and collaboration between states, um, governments, and tribal governments 
it's very hodgepodgey and not every state, not every tribe does it. So in order to um, really work together for the families sharing the same space of tribes and states, um, you know, we want to recommend that that's, that happens everywhere in every state. The, uh, the other one is new approaches for tribes to serve members off reservation um, in the urban areas. We have a lot of families in the urban areas, and this is members, descendants, um, and they are not receiving the services um, the tribe offers on their homeland. Uh, thirdly, uh, reforming federal funding to address um, the tribal needs uh, and using data-driven methods. There's right now, there is no um, formula for it. It's just a percentage and it's not based on anything. And because many tribes may not have, um, you know, data systems where they can tell how many, you know, uh, members and descendants they have and can serve, you know, it's really a guessing game um, by every tribe that receives that funding. And I'll back up a little bit. Um, the Child Care Development Block Grant is what states receive and tribes receive to create child care systems. Yeah, and you hit it on the nose too. I think when people are uh, enrolled members, and their family is descendants, a lot of times they don't get count, counted. And I know one of the most interesting things I've learned over the years of doing this show is how big the urban community is, Barb. It's huge. There's, uh, if you, we, in the report, we were able and fortunate enough to find some data that showed I want to say there was like 800,000 just in the urban um, Minnesota setting, and that's membership and descendants that self-identify as Native American. That's a lot of people, and there are no tribal child care programs, um, very few. There's, um, I think they counted over 4,000 um, children from birth to three. Um, and there's maybe two programs in the metro that are urban, are native. And then there's not Tribal Head Start. Um, good news, Mc, Tribal McVie, which is a tribal home visiting, that just recently was able to um, go through a Minneapolis agency to receive that. But we had a lot of kids there and they, they need services. Yeah, and you know, it's... I, I got to let our audience know, too, when it comes to this uh, colonized blood quantum, I, when I was teaching, I had Native kids that were full blood Native, but from different tribes. So that's a, a challenge, too. What what other challenges have, have you run into? Well, um, there's there's just there's not no nobody has the right data and not even right. the census. And you know how the census is in Indian country, you know, it's kind of hit and miss and, you know, but there's just so many families that are not receiving services. And that's what we wanted to highlight in this. And especially in the urban um, communities across the states. And if we want our children to be in high quality, culturally relevant, where the, the childcare provider is from, 
from, you know, looks like them, talks like them, you know, that's huge. That means a lot to children um, and families. Exactly. Hey, we're here with Barb Farbray and we're talking about uh, the native, uh, the tribal blueprint research, which um, is really opening up some eyes, I imagine, uh, through this research. And uh, we're talking a little bit about that. Uh, you know, there's some recommendations. Do you, do you, what, what are some of the recommendations that came out of this? Well, we definitely want to have uh, more uh, states to have um, annual um, tribal consultations. And it's a two-way street. We also encourage tribes to reach out to their states if it's not happening. Because by talking, to, um, talking and working together, they can help identify the needs and come up with solutions to um, serve our families in the urban setting. Uh, you know, they there's a lot that can happen when tribes and states meet. And like I said, there's some that do it very well, and there's many that don't do it at all. And that's such a disservice to families, both on the reservation and in the rural um, or in the metro areas. So, and we found that um, the again the data it doesn't represent our our people, um, both on the reservation and in the urban setting. So we need to get a handle on that so that we can have our fair um, fair funding. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Barb, hold on for another segment. This is always really interesting talking to you about this, and especially with this tribal of blueprint research and what it's telling us uh thank you for being on and we'll we're gonna grab you on another segment here you this is native roots radio presents i'm awake and we'll be right back after this short break this portion of the show is presented in partnership with little moments count we're excited to have this partnership on native roots radio and get to host great guests here and have conversations around early childhood development because we know that our next generations are so, so important to our community. Uh, you can learn more at littlemomentscount.org. Hey, uh, thanks, Haley. And uh, we're here with uh, Barb Fabre, and she's the CEO of Indigenous Visioning and All Nations Rise. And we're talking about the Tribal Blueprint Project. And I, I think I accidentally called it the Tribal Blueprint Research, but it's a, it's a project. And we're kind of talking a, a little bit about... Uh, the recommendations that are coming up. And uh, right now I, I'd, I'd like to find out a little bit about communication and collaboration. And uh, if there's some cool examples you can give our listening audience about that. Sure. So um, one of the biggest things uh, that we just talked about was the data. So as you know, tribes don't have, a, many tribes don't have a data system well, we feel that there's, you know, the federal government should allow um, additional funding in whatever avenue they they choose to, so that tribes can support and maintain their own data systems. And unless we can tell our story um, through data, you know, we we really are a silent and invisible um, population. And so, you know, we. BIA, for example, I believe they only um, count the tribal members, but that doesn't, you know, count the, the descendants, the second, third, fourth, fifth generation. 
I'm like, I'm with you, Robert. The blood quantum needs to go. <laughs> it's hurting our people and our tribes in the future. Definitely colonized thinking. And I know um, there's some nations that have changed that. And, uh, but again, data, 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 you know, you, you don't want to sink a tribe with having too many members, but you also want to do it in a good way and be open to our relatives. So this is part of a big conversation uh, that we have here sometimes, but uh, it fits right in here with the, the blueprint. Um, we need to reach out to our, our, our relatives and help them and support them. Um, you know, that's what, what do you, what else do you think about uh, the strategies? I mean, do we, how do we advocate and uh, for recognizing and supporting the needs of these, these young ones that are beyond the reservation boundaries, like we're talking about. Right. If we had, um, I don't even know if, if tribes have that data of members living off the reservation, whether it's members or descendants, I don't think anybody has that. And, and if federal funding is based on um, the number of mem members, and right. I say that loosely, um, you know, then we, and it, we're not counting all of our members and descendants, uh, you know, we're doing a disservice to our tribes by not providing that. So, you know, it, it's all in the data. Um, the other thing is that we, you know, we went to Montana and we visited uh, many tribes and we found just in, even here in Minnesota, I hear it all the time. We we find parents because there's such a lack of childcare, they're driving an hour, you know, on yeah. winter roads just to get to childcare. And you know, one of the parents that we interviewed out there, um, you know, he said, I, oh, "I he overcame a lot just to get where he was. He was enrolled in their tribal college, and you know, he had a life." Um, of challenges and he got to college and his biggest challenge was finding childcare and he felt that that shouldn't even be an issue for him and it really shouldn't it really shouldn't um, we should we should be able to also license childcare providers in the metro area again so that children are you know with um, uh, people that look and talk like them and there's familiarity with our environments and our cultural and language. So there's just so many gains um, for tribes if many of the recommendations, um, you know, are looked at and, and even uh, changed on the federal level. Right. Uh, there, yeah, there's just so many things happening in the urban area, and there's many families that are not receiving those services. So just think about that. You know, there's they're not receiving Tribal Head Start, you know, and many families live off the reservation for many reasons, and most many is, you know, economics. They have to go to the city to find the jobs because there isn't a lot on a reservation. So we are just... we. We wrote this hoping that you know policymakers will take a look at what we um, what we found, what we heard. We did lots of surveys, we did lots of um, interviews, site visits, and um, talked to agencies both on the reservation and off the reservation. 
And there's a lot of common themes there. Wow. Haley, um, we've had this discussion on the show, and I can't remember, was it 65% uh, uh, urban Indians as opposed to 35 living on the res here in Minnesota? Was there some number that was unbelievable? Yeah. I, I was surprised to hear that, but I've heard it more than once, Barb. Yeah, we found there was, um, I believe it was around 80, 000, uh, 80% of the okay. members of a tribe living off the reservation. And again, we do not know, is that just members or is that descendants? So, you know, it's not a true story we're telling, even with those numbers. They're probably yeah. double. So we need uh, reforming in the federal funding, and uh, and we need to talk about this a lot, a lot and uh, consistently talk about it, Barb. Right. You know, and in tribes and states, you know, if they met regularly, you know, they could figure this out for their state. Um, so that was one of the, our big recommendations was for tribes and states just to meet regularly and find out, listen to the memberships both on the reservation and off and how to come up with um, funding or services that can reach down to the urban setting. For example, the childcare. Um, it's not in statute, but it's in a policy at, at the federal level um, that you can't serve families off the reservation no more than 20. One, one said 20 miles, another said 35 miles. So, mm -hmm. you know, that that could be an easy fix. And we are asking that tribes, uh, federal um, programs allow tribes to go off reservation when it comes to things like that. They already do it in Minnesota um, for Indian child welfare and for foster care. So they should be able to do it with child care. Absolutely. And you know, Barb, you know this, and um, and I know you always come up with great stuff. We need a call to action um, that our listeners and people that will be listening to this once it turns into a podcast and is out there again. Um, we uh, what, what kind of call to action, uh, especially with uh, the policymakers, uh, can we can we do as uh, citizens or, or support you and Indigenous visioning and all my nation rise? How, how can we do that? Talk to your legislators uh, seriously and, you know, talk to them and tell them your story and tell them, ask them why, um, you know, you if you're living in Minneapolis, for example, um, why your tribe can't support you, you and your children. But quality childcare, you know, um, just like little moments count, you know, we're all about making sure that children um, zero to five or zero to 12 are getting high quality. You know, our kids are not, um, they're, they're hurting in school and they're arriving at school, not ready. And mm -hmm. so when they're not ready, they have to catch up. And, you know, High quality childcare, um, Head Start, pro, Tribal Head Start, all those programs are there to ensure that children are ready, but only a small portion of, of children receive those services right now. So, along with that, what is your opinion of some of the most critical steps that need to be taken to ensure success? Um, I, I hear a couple steps. Are there any more? Well, um, definitely 
um, get involved, uh, you know, especially with the tribe, when tribes encourage tribes, <laughs> your tribal leaders, and encourage your state leaders, officials, to have these tribal consultation. This is where all of this is discussed. And parents can go to it, programs can go to it and ask questions. And, you know, they, and when they come to tribal consultation, all of that is documented. So the questions are documented, the responses are documented, but you're raising the issue and then there's not enough people raising these issues. Is there a place, Barb, where somebody could get the tribal uh, blueprint research to, to bring along with them? Is it on a website, the research and what's been found out or? Yes, um, go to the Bipartisan Policy Center. You'll find um, some of the interviews that we did. We did a segment of interviews of uh, parents and officials, both state and tribes, just talking about this. And then you'll also find this blueprint and print it out and take it with you when you go and talk to your legislators and uh, tribal council. Absolutely. Barb, thank you so much for coming on. And it's really always good to see you and happy holidays, happy new year. And uh, we'll see you probably again next year. Uh, we really appreciate the information and, and the work that you, Little Moments Count, Indigenous Visioning, visioning and All My Nations Rise do. Pinigigi, thank you so much for coming on. Miigwech. Miigwech. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. Thanks for listening to the Little Moments Count radio podcast in partnership with community radio stations throughout Minnesota. You can find the Little Moments Count radio podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at littlemomentscount.org slash podcast.